0: Jeremy Ainley is our guest this week on the Shooter's Touch. He is the current head boys basketball coach at Clear Lake High School, uh, has multiple state tournament appearances within the last two or three years, and attributes his success to really building and concentrating on the youth program at Clear Lake, as well as player development of his his current team and current players. He has multiple connections of ours as well. Uh, he coached under Brian Martin and knows knows BMARD very well. Who is a past guest of ours, as well as other, other people within his network and within our network. It was good to talk to Jeremy. It was a fun conversation. It was awesome to hear a little bit more about his background and really get his younger story, childhood story, and how he got involved in coaching. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Here he is, Jeremy Ainley. I got the shooter's touch. Can't nobody shoot like me fourth quarter down three need a two and one better call on me better call on me if you know you need a shooter i'm ice cold like a cooler get you right though i can tool this that mic flow i'm a hooper i got blue faces welcome back shooters again we have a great coach as a guest on the podcast this week the head boys basketball coach at clear lake high school jeremy ainley coach welcome to the shooters touch
1: Awesome, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. And, you know, just a a great chance to uh, you guys are doing a great job, obviously, you know, really picking up traction and, you know, just promoting, you know, what we've got going a great thing, obviously, in the state of Iowa and in the state of basketball in the state of Iowa and stuff. And, you know, it's just it's an honor and privilege to be on talking, you know, talking basketball with 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 you guys. Coach, yeah,
2: we uh, we appreciate the sentiment, and uh, we're we're trying to do what we can, and we love the the game of basketball here in the state, and so we appreciate you jumping on. We do have to give a little credit to um, some of the the kids that you have helped you with your Twitter account because they're the ones that reached out to us initially and said, "Hey, our our coach has a, a fun story. You need to get him on the podcast." And so we said, "All right, what's well, a contact?" And and here we are, about a week later, getting you on. Um, so again, we appreciate it. Um, but before we jump in a little bit of your story, how are things up and clear? Like how, how are the kids doing? You have three kids at home, so I know you guys are busy. Um, how's everyone holding up?
1: You know, it's, it's been, a, we've been fortunate, you know, we haven't been really struck by any illness or anything and, you know, stayed pretty clean. We did have, uh, you know, we do, I have three kids and, you know, um, we've all had to deal with a little bit of, of quarantine at some point. Um, my oldest probably is, unfortunately got the uh, the brunt of it. She's a, she's a high school junior. And, you know, she had a little stint in the fall where, you know, she got a close contact, you know, at a lunch table, nothing she could do about it, you know, and had to miss, uh, I think, up to 16 days, um, you know, where she had to sit at home. And then, you know, unfortunately, the end of their basketball season, they're ranked number two in the state. And, uh, you know, they're cruising along and um, get a couple positive tests on the team. And, um, it shut them down for, uh, right up through, they actually, she had to miss the, uh, um, first round of the playoff game, you know, so just an unbelievable experience as far as, you know, I'm coaching our team and, and we're cruising along and, and luckily never had to deal with any of that. But, uh, you know, she got shut down for 10 days, you know, actually tested positive for the antibodies, you know, so she couldn't get it. Um, you know, so she obviously had had it at some point, I guess, but, uh, you know, she gets shut down, has to miss the first, um, playoff game. And, you know, you're relying on, I think they had seven girls, uh, to get over that, that first win, um, so that they could all come back. They came back one practice, bam, win two games, go to state, um, and finished, you know, in that semifinal game. So, you know, little, uh, little nerve wracking, you know, having to live through that, but, uh, you know, my younger two, uh, I've got an eighth grader eighth grade boy and um and then a ten year old daughter and you know things are busy i mean we've got all three kids are in a a u basketball uh now you know my high schooler is in golf um my my son is in in track, and then like I said, my youngest is in a a u basketball so every night of the week there's a practice um you know my job is starting to heat up i don't i i i actually am a sales manager at the boat dealership here so you know, it's, it's, we're starting to get busy. The ice is out. Everybody wants to get on the lake and stuff. So, um, it, it's a hectic time in Clear Lake, but it's, it's fun. You know, you, you someday you're going to look back and you're going to miss these moments. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, sure. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it for sure does. And, and, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that kids do they keep you busy, and if there's one hopefully positive thing that comes out of this whole thing, it'll be, I mean, stories, stories like that, you know, where, the girls basketball team up there at Clear Lake had seven had seven girls to play and they you know, won a couple of games and made it down the state. You know, that's that's just a, a motivational and a pretty cool story there. So, um, well, uh, hey, if you listen to, to any of, of the episodes here, coach, we like to start off, um, I guess, most of them at the same spot. You know, where'd you grow up? Um, how was the neighborhood? How was how was growing up in that neighborhood? And then where did sports sports come into, um, I guess, into your life?
1: Well, I, you know, starting out, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, I grew, actually grew up in Cedar Falls, Iowa, Um, you know, went there through middle school, Um, you know, and, and, and sports were always something that were, you know, into us. There was always a game going on, you know, whether we're down at the playground, you know, playing basketball, playing football, playing something, Um, you know, and I actually got started at a young age. My parents, you know, they had season tickets to Iowa football games and right from the time I was born, I was in games, you know, so. Um, I remember going to those games, you know, my brother's three years younger than me, but, you know, we went to games, you know, every fall. That's what our, our vacations were as kids were, those Saturdays in the fall. Um, and, you know, we were, uh, you know, always down there. And obviously those were, you know, then the spring rolls around and, you know, it's baseball. But it was never hard to find a game, um, you know, to play or, or something in the backyard, the driveway or somewhere um, with friends, family, whoever. Um, you know, so just really always were, were into sports. And then, uh, my parents actually separated and we ended up moving up for high school. We moved up to, uh, we went back to my mom's hometown of Lake Mills and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of a shock coming from the Cedar Falls area and growing up in a town, you know, in a big city. And then all of a sudden, you know, going to Lake Mills of 2,500 people, but, you know, quickly found that, you know, obviously sports were important there, you know, and, and friends all did that and stuff. And, you know, it was, it was funny. We, we, you know, I go to Lake Mills and I'm like, man, I came from, I actually, my eighth grade year, I actually did go to Lindmar for one year um, before we moved there, you know, so went Cedar Falls, Lindmar, and then bam, Lake Mills. And so I'm up there and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill these Cowboys. You know, this is, this is nothing, and man. My first year, I'm like, you know, football, I'm getting, getting you know, and, and basketball, you know, I I start every game and and I'm not scoring, you know, it's just like, what, what's going on? These guys are good. You know, they're, they're good, you know, and um, you know, I'm in high school and we've got Andy Stensrud as, as, you know, the big man on campus, you know, signs with actually signs with Iowa state basketball, you know, but ends up playing football at Iowa state, but you know, six ten and, you know, Mark Van Gore comes six, 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 seven, you know, goes to goes Warburg plays basketball and track, you know, and and our varsity is really good. You know, Brian Hagan was a guard and, he's the assistant GM now with the bulls, you know, been so for seven, eight years. Um, So, you know, these guys are really good and, you know, and I'm just trying to survive, you know, now all of a sudden it's, it's gone to survival mode. Um, But uh, you know, got through, you know, got through my first year and then all of a sudden my second year started having success, you know, and on football, basketball, um, baseball, golf, you know, everything. Um, But uh, you know, I wouldn't say I was an unbelievable, you know, athlete up there or whatever, but I was, I was good enough you know all conference basketball you know all district football but uh um you know once those big dogs on campus graduated just kind of um you know came into the role and you know really started to focus when i got to be a junior senior probably pretty much on football and basketball that was kind of my my two things you know i love to golf but um you know the two sports that i really strive for were were those two and uh you know really you know, started to, you know, fit into a starting role in both of them. You know, like I said, got some all-conference honors, but, you know, it was awesome. You know, there, you know, the weekends, you know, the weeknights, we'd play, you know, dunk ball on the the courts behind the school. You know, we'd find a game of football to play. It was never hard, you know, and so that just re-energized, you know, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to, you know, pursue in the future. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you moved, moved a couple of times, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you think as a kid, how do you think, um, you know, athletics or, or, you know, sports in general kind of
1: integrated you into those communities? Well, just, you know, obviously when we were in like, when we moved to Lake Mills, it was like, you know, that was, that was just one of the, it's such a smaller community. You know, what you really find out is in the bigger communities, you know, especially back then, but, but even so now is, You know, you were feeling the pressure in Cedar Falls and even a little bit, you know, obviously, you know, in Cedar Rapids at Linmar of kids were starting to to gravitate towards one sport, you know, and it was almost becoming like, you know, you were either going to become a football player, a basketball player, a baseball player, and and that was going to be your sport. Um, and, And you didn't, you couldn't do both or all or everything. And what I really loved about the small town feel was, you know, when, when I moved to Lake Mills, it was, you know, the first thing, first people I met with were the football coach, basketball coach, you know, every coach. And it was like, this is, I really, um, I really look back fondly of my time going to Lake Mills at, of that I was able to do everything. You know, a lot of kids aren't able to do everything, you know, now is just because the pressures, if they want to play, you know, they've got to choose a sport, especially in the bigger cities, um, you know, and got to work on that year round. You know, we were able to work on everything daily, you know, and, and um, we're able to succeed in all sports. And that's, you know, kind of where it's come down to clear Lake is, you know, clear Lake's a three, a, but yet we're still the smallest three, a or one of the smallest three A's and kids can do all, and that's what we make them do. You know, we want them to do that, you know, um but uh you know i I really look back on my time in high school the time that i was able to do everything and and really succeed you know and and really you know be happy that i was able to play everything at a high level yeah and you know
0: there is something to be said about that i mean you know obviously brian and myself coming from smaller towns um i mean pretty much like lake mills uh you know where we did play three four you know, sometimes we've even talk to people that even played five sports in high school. Hmm. Um, you know, there's something to be said about that, you know, and I think that uh, I think specialization is becoming such a big thing now. Um, you know, we obviously talk to people on both sides of the fence, but it sounds like you're on the on the side of the fence where, you know, obviously play a lot of sports. Uh, as, as many as you want but you know, specialization might not be the best thing for you.
1: Yeah, you can never, you know, my time in college basketball. <laughs> What I really, really, really got, you know, was you can never replicate competition, you know, and, and we want you to get bigger, faster, stronger. We want you to lift. But at the end of the day, you can never replicate competition and competing against somebody and having to beat them or, you know, survive or get beat. You know, so um, that's the biggest thing is 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 just wanting those kids in other other sports so they can compete. Um, that's the thing I look at the most of kids is, is wanting them to compete. Yeah. Um
0: I think something that gets kinda of lost lost nowadays, um, in certain situations. So um let me ask you one question. On the dunk ball that you were talking about, is this a dunk ball in my hometown? We always had to decide if it was a seven and a half foot hoop where everybody could dunk, or if we're putting it up to about eight and a half or nine foot where most of the people can dunk and some people had to really try. Which one were you playing?
1: It was eight and a half. If you couldn't jump <laughs> if you couldn't jump, you could be playing. But but it was uh it was always, you know, we were fortunate to have baskets behind the bat. We could lower them down and, I, you know, eight, eight and a half, you know, probably never over nine. Because, you know, yeah. I could jump, not like crazy, but, uh, you know, it was awesome. And, and it really, I think, is a lost art. You know, I, I tell kids, you know, all the time say, you want to learn how to go to the rim hard. You play dunk ball because you wanted uh-huh. to dunk it on people. You wanted to get it. And that really it made, you know, it made me a better player getting to the rim. But it, it made you want it made you want to cram it on somebody.
0: yeah, and even uh, it helps you protect the rim too. you know you gotta you gotta yeah. maybe strategize about how to how to block that dunk too. Yeah, you weren't letting people dunk on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, that's great. Um, well, um I guess talking about coaching here, when did the coaching bug kind of hit you? Um, was that in high school? was that after high school?
1: Well, you know, going into so my senior year, um, you know, leading up to what I wanted to do the next year, you know, my whole deal was I was going to go to, um, I was pretty firm, um, had a, had a spot actually saved for me, but I was going to go to the university of Iowa and be a football. I was, I I talked about walking on, went down to a practice and I'm like, no chance, no way. (laughs) Um, insane. That'd Um, be my reaction too. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, so I'm, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to become a football manager. I mean, that was, I had, I went down there, Parker Wilderman um, had just graduated. He was on the staff uh, and he basically got me, a, I mean, I had a spot um, on staff, you know, coming in there and then coach Fry retires and all of a sudden it's, it's up in the air. Wilderman's not going to be there. Um, it's, it's totally up in the air of what we're going to do. Um, and what's going to go on. And, you know, my, my chance went from 99.9 to about 50, 50 at best. Um, and you know, I do, I do still to this day, enjoy gambling a little bit. And it's like, man, my, my odds just went way down. And so, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, was wondering what I wanted to do then. Um, my gym teacher, uh, coach Nelson, who was my basketball coach up to my sophomore year, uh he had gone down to work for coach Craftson at Nyack. And so coach uh, he was, he was still our gym teacher, but, but didn't coach anymore coach down at Nyack. And so he came to me and he's like, Hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you come down here? And I had, and this is middle of the winter and and we're playing and, you know, and I'm having a pretty good year. I'm feeling, and I'll never forget. We're up at, we're up at uh, Sway city up playing up there um, against North Kasut. and. It's a small gym. It's the oldest, you know, the old style. The three point line is about eight, eight, ten inches, you know, away from the the side. And we had a play where I would always be in the corner. I would, I would, I would drop out to the corner, and I hit three from there. That would have all three been threes, but my feet, I had twelve and a half, so I couldn't fit inside there. And so, and up in the crowd is Coach Crafteson. He's watching. And so after the game, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna say something to Kay because during that year, during the basketball year, coach Nelson actually kind of had me entering stats for him in Lake mills. I'd enter the game stats from the night before. So for the Nyack guys. And uh, so I was familiar with coach Craftson had been down there a couple of times. And, and uh, after the game, he comes down, he's like, Hey, great job, Jeremy. And I'm like, and I'm thinking like, I just had like 20. I'm like, Hey, God dang, I got a spot. Don't I, you know? And, and th- now I'm thinking college basketball and and Kay's like, we'll talk, we'll talk. And I'm like, OK, perfect. So, uh, you know, after the year, I, I, I go down and, and we're sitting there talking and I'm like, so what I'm like, coach, what do you think? You know, I just had a pretty good year. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, Jeremy, he goes, what do you want to do? What's your end game? And I'm like, you know, I, I I've kind of switched. I, I wanted to coach football. And now I think I, I at the, my end game is I, I think I want to be a college basketball coach. And he goes, perfect. He goes, I'm going to put it bluntly to you. He goes, you're slow you're from rural town, Iowa. You're a dime a dozen all over the state. And he said, why don't you just go into coaching right now? I'll put you on the fast track to coaching. I'll a recruit from day one. You'll go all over from day one. Um, and I'll put you on that. And, you know, he goes, otherwise you're my 12th through 15th guy. And I, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, if my end game is going to be coaching and I'm never going to play, why wouldn't I just go right into this? So it, it was great. I went to, I ended up going to NIAC, you know, and from day one, it was, uh, you know, it was an awesome experience working for him. Um, you know, that was back when it was funny because, you know, my, my first year, that was back when they kind of had work release or work, whatever, work study is what they called it. And they let you get whatever hours you put in. I can't remember if it was eight bucks an hour. And I think that program ended probably because of me because I made money at NIAC because it would be a 60 hour week and 70 hour week with games and everything. And, and we'd write it down and I'd get paid for all of it. And it was awesome. I mean, I made money, but you know, I'll never forget my first day. He's like, go down there and work with Clyde. He's, he's shooting free throws. And Clyde McCully was a returning all American um, who was going to go getting D ones all over the place. And he goes, go down there and work with him on his free throws or his, his jumper's gotten a little to the side. And I'm, you know, fresh out of high school, this kid's a returning sophomore, all American. And I'm like, okay. So I go down there and Clyde kind of looks at me and he goes, what are you doing here? And I go, well, I'm, I'm here to work on your shot. And he goes, if Kay told you to come down here, then yeah, let's do it. And so, um, you know, coach crafts and, you know, all the world of, of, um, you know, I can never, I can never pay him back enough of, you know, he had me recruiting. I'm going out day one and going to high schools around North Iowa and talking to kids. And, you know, last year I was just playing against them. And now all of a sudden I'm recruiting them, you know, and he's sending me home with videos, but he just said, you know, his deal was right away. He goes, if you're going to get into this, I'm going to teach you how to be a coach right now. Um, You know, and obviously he had an unbelievable resume and, you know, he, he's got more context than it could ever be. And, you know, for two years I did that. Um, My goal was to still go back to the university of Iowa and actually, you know, funny story is, you know, coach called down to by that time coach Alford had taken over and he had called down to Sam and, you know, and, and Steve and said, Hey, I've got a guy um, that I want to send down to you um, after this year. And they, they basically said, he's got to come try out for uh, you know, he's got to come to basketball camps and work basketball camps. And, and I had been working basketball camps, you know, at different places, but you know, their thing was that he's got to come down and try out. So I went down there and was actually with, with coach Lansing and, Um, you know, and BJ, Brian Jones, you know, and worked with those guys closely, uh, you know, and, and did a couple things. And it it still is the only camp to this day that I've ever worked for free. Um, and I kind of didn't forget that because I was, I got back and, you know, coach, coach Crafton was not very happy that, you know, there wasn't a guarantee or what it wasn't this. And, you know, so we get to my sophomore year and he's like, where are you going to go? And, you know, I, I joke about it, but I, I was looking at, you know, coach has got all the manuals in his office of all the different media guides and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. And I came up, the next one up was the university of Wyoming. And I'm like, this looks fun, you know, mountains. And you know, I'd never been to the mountains, but I'm like, this looks fun. And I go, what about this place? And he goes, let me make a call. And he calls out, you know, to, to coach Adams, actually out there, John Adams, who's um, was the assistant for uh, Steve McClain and, he calls out there and and John was actually a manager for K at Iowa state. And so, uh, he calls, he calls out there and he says, Johnny, I got a guy. And he said, is he good enough? And he said, yeah, he's worked for me for two years. He goes, here's what I've had him do. And he goes, perfect. We got a scholarship for him. Um, you know, so it was that simple. Now I always do joke because the next, the next book below Wyoming was university of Arizona. And I never even looked at that one, you know, and, and I, I joked after I decided to go to Wyoming, I said to Kaggle, man, I could have gone to Arizona. Couldn't I? And he goes, I just would have called Luke and yeah, you would have had a job or coach Roz. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I was happy. I went to Wyoming and, and that was an even a better experience. Um, you know, I was there for a year and a half, uh, under coach Adams and coach McLean. And, um, you know, that was a great experience being underneath those guys, being a division one level. We actually, uh, you know, funny, Gonzaga's in the news, but we actually, that year, we, we qualified for the NCAA tournament. Um, we were an 11 seed, which I think we were grossly underseeded. Gonzaga was ranked sixth in the country that year. That was with Dick Al, Ronnie Turioff. I mean, they were good, they, but they were just kind of getting to this point and they were ranked sixth in the country and got a sixth seed. So the whole week they're complaining about their seed and we're happy because we were actually, the, the funny part, we weren't the last team selected. But on the show, we were the last team selected. Um, you know, they were, our, we had beat Utah that year. You know, we had beat San Diego State, but we lost to San Diego State in the um, conference tournament. But we had won the regular season outright. And Utah gets in as an at-large. San Diego State gets in because they won the tournament. And now, all of a sudden, we're, we're sweating it. Because the year before I got there, they had missed out and went to the NIT. And so it literally was the last team and they flipped it and it was Wyoming. It was pandemonium in our room. It was absolutely pandemonium, but we, you know, we go down and, and we beat Gonzaga in the first round. I mean, manhandled them. Um, and, you know, that experience, and we lost to, you know, an unbelievable Arizona team, second round. And actually that was a great game, had them on the ropes, you know, and they were loaded. Luke Walton, Channing Frye was a freshman. Um, Stoudemire, um, Gardner. I mean, they were unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we, we gave them a heck of a run and, um you know, that that correlated. Then I come back the following summer and, you know, Coach Crabson's like, hey, uh, Coach Nelson's going to the Packers as an, as an equipment manager. I want you to be my head assistant. And that led me into college coaching Then right into it, you know, after being, you know, being out there and, and back home. Well, and
2: that should do it for the podcast right there. I mean, that story. <laughs> talk, I mean, that was great. <laughs> unbelievable. But uh, so several things that we need to unpack with this. Going all the way back, Yeah, that, that Northwood uh, or North Kassuth game, was that a was that a Nate
1: Perry-led uh, Cougar team up there that you played that year? <laughs> but Nate Perry was the best player on their team. And, you know, and unfortunately, to this day, I, I every time I talk to him, he still has, has bragging rights because I think that's the only time we played.
2: Oh, I tell you what, so Nate, um, we talked a little off air. And so obviously, we kind of know the connection there. But I always give him a hard time because Algona had a, had a really good team that year, too. 99 ended up going uh, down to the state tournament. And, so, and he ended up playing AU with a lot of those guys as well, with Duster and mm-hmm. Gunnarsson and a bunch of those guys. And so I always give him a hard time that he couldn't hang. He couldn't come 15 minutes south and hang with the guys at Algona. But obviously, if you know
1: Nate, he's got a different opinion on that yeah he and the funny thing is he went to Iowa Central you know his first year and then came back to NIAC so he was he was with us the second year um you know when I was at uh when I was at NIAC he was with the second you know with us that second year yeah good good dude no that's funny
2: small world too um the other thing i got to talk about is that work study situation obviously they clearly don't understand uh how much hours coaches put in because yeah <laughs> when you say i mean you were probably you're probably the second paid assistant on that staff then
1: i I might have made more money than yeah easily easily because we didn't when i came back as the head assistant i know i didn't make as much money as i made in college i was gonna say they
2: i that's why those are salaried positions because you only get paid about 12 cents an hour so if they're gonna give you a seven eight bucks you take it in a second yes exactly exactly and then last one i have i know adam's got something too but so wyoming were you there when riding house was out there then Was that, how
1: did that timeline work out? So D-Rot, I played against him. He was a year younger than me in school. Um, We actually played uh, down, um, actually played twice, um, but he was a year younger than me. Um, As a junior, they played up at Clear Lake, or up at Lake Mills, and uh, they beat us. And I actually remember a couple of his girls, you know, stayed after and came to our, we had a dance afterwards, you know, so I, I always gave him. Uh, I think one of them was his girlfriend, so I always give him crap about that. But then uh, the next year, we uh, we played down at Charles City, my senior year, his junior year. And I'll never forget, I was having a great game. I was on fire, um, having a great game, and I wasn't guarding him. A, a buddy of mine was guarding him, and he drove the line, and I was rotating over. And I'm like, I'm going to go up. I'm going I up this him. Is that, and him. And I, I think I got to his elbow, and he was <laughs> way above the rim. You know, so then it was good when I got out to Wyoming just to reconnect with him, and you know, ended up hanging up, with, hanging out with him a lot. Um, just a, a great family, you know, a great guy. And you know, in high school, you never realize how freakish guys are, and when you see them on a daily basis, I mean, G-Rod was a freak athletically. Um, the year I was out there, he unfortunately sprained his ankle in preseason. He was going to play a ton, um, but. Just the consummate teammate. I, I just never forget how excited he was on the bench, you know, because he really had to fight his way. He had a high ankle sprain in preseason, really had to fight his way back. And, uh, you know, to me, it was just amazing when I was out there that, like, he didn't end up in an Iowa or Iowa State um, because he was he was so good um, out there. And like I said, but, uh, you know, we, we hung out quite a bit um, when we were out there. He was uh, – I'll never forget, you know, we would get him – he was a horrible Madden player horrible uh you know and i think he'll admit that to this day but he would go for it you know fourth and 30 on the 10 yard line and and his and his comment was i'm like what are you doing and his comment was always like jeremy god hates cowards you gotta go for it and and he would go you know and he would go for it and he'd lose every time but uh you know he's just a great guy um and i see him every once in a while when we play at charles city uh he you know he comes over every once in a while and you know checks in on me a little bit but uh he's doing well for himself. That's,
2: that's great. Yeah. We, Algona would always play non-con against uh, Charles city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously Roddinghouse and Bruner uh, shortly after that as well. And so, yeah, there was, well, there was one time at their little Cracker Jack box that gets loud in there too, by the way, but uh, he got one and just, it was a good game too, but he came down and just hammered one. And then obviously gave the silencer to the crowd and everyone was going nuts. And, he was, he was definitely freakishly athletic. And I would say too, yeah, a complete surprise that he ended up out in Wyoming. Like at the time, really knew nothing about it. And then started, you know, those mountain West games are late on TV. That was like my favorite thing to fall asleep to in college was watching those late mountain West games and then got to see him start playing quite a bit. I know that he ended up putting together a pretty nice career out
1: there. He did. He had a good career. Um, he had a good career out there. Um, like I said, he was hampered by some injuries, but, uh, You know, he was out there and as well as when I was out there, um, Alex Dunn was out there, uh, big six. He he was from Sioux Center. Um, He was uh, he actually grew, I think, eight inches before his senior year of high school. Went from being a shooting guard to 6'10". And he, uh, you know, so when I got out there, he was redshirted the year I was out there. But, uh, you know, started playing more and I followed his career, obviously, because he was from Iowa here. Um, You know, just the the Iowa connection of us two. But, uh, you know, he ended up playing overseas quite a bit um, and had a good career. You know, but it all started – Coach McClain was from Iowa. He was from Orient um, down in southern Iowa. And then, obviously, Coach you know Adams being from, uh, you know, uh, Okoboji and then came back to Okoboji now, you know, obviously. But, uh, you know, it was a nice Iowa connection. You know, I'll never forget, we used to – Saturday mornings, I would go in and go into Coach's office and uh i he had direct tv in there and so i would watch the iowa games you know an hour ahead and get there and he'd come strolling in the office and he the one time he finally looks at me and he goes he goes jeremy he goes there's nobody else on this staff that would just po- barge into my office and start watching the iowa game and i said well coach god dang you're the only one that's got the tv and he'd, he'd laugh and he'd sit there and watch it with me you know coach McLean was you know unreal he did a lot for my career as well um you know and still does still still keeps tabs on me and stuff but uh you know, yeah, it was it was a great connection having four of us Iowans on that on that staff or on that roster.
0: And that's super cool. Super cool. Um, hey, one thing I want to ask about that last part. Um, so the decision to not play and really go go down the coaching path. Um, easy decision for you or hard decision?
1: You know, when Coach when Coach Craftson put it to me like he did, you know, of hey, if the end game's there, it it really wasn't that hard of a decision. You know, I was still, um, you know, very involved. uh, But it was one of those things of, you know, the end game, it's you know, it just kind of, you know, he was, he put it so bluntly to me, you know, and, and just made it feel like, hey, I'm going to fast track you. And he really did. You know, like I said, I was, I was, uh, I, I joke, you know, he's won a lot more national titles, but you know, Ben McCullum was on our, was a player. He's my age. You know, he, he was at NIAC. He was a freshman when I was a freshman. Um, You know, and I, I give Ben a lot of, you know, whenever I talk to him, I give him a lot of crap and say, Hey, you know, I, you learned a lot from me, you know, being at Nyack. Now, obviously he's, he's done unbelievably well for himself, you know, but uh, you know, it, it's awesome. The connection of, of all those guys that were there. And yeah, we talk about it a lot on this
2: podcast too, as far as just finding the right fit, uh, you know, everyone's so concerned about level or about where we're going. And, you know, you might end up chasing a, a D2 situation clear out in Western Nebraska. Not that there's anything wrong with Western Nebraska, but maybe it's just not the right fit for you. And um, that's really cool that you had the hu- humility and immatureness really more than anything to be able to understand that. Hey, end game is here. And how am I going to get there? And, and we've talked about that with other people as far as, you know, taking a manager position or, or something to be able to start learning and be involved in the game to ultimately get you where you want to go.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of schools that you can go to and be a student assistant. And you may not have a huge role. Um, you know, you may be watching, you know, more than participating and stuff. And, you, you know, you really could be a towel guy you know, where, you know, I was fortunate, the two places that I went to, man, right away, I mean, I was involved, um, both places recruiting, you know, even at, even at Wyoming, you know, went and watched a couple of junior college games, you know, around the state, and we're sent to do that, but uh, um, you know, it was, you know, you always talk about your role, my role at Wyoming, you know, not only practice and stuff, but, you know, one of my favorite roles that I, you know, a, a good story is that I, you know, Coach McClain would always, you know, I don't know if he wants me telling him, but there's a lot of coaches that do it, you know, he would always have a dip in for, for practice and for even games. Now, I don't know what he ever did with it, because I never saw the spitter, but uh, you know, it was awesome, because, you know, he would, so he'd always come down right before practice, and he's like, coach, you got, run down, you got to go go get me another 10. And so here I'm dressed for practice, shorts, t-shirt, you know, ready to go, and, and coach is like, you know, go get me a 10, and here's my keys to my, you know, Tahoe, so I'd go, and you know, running, and, and, my, my thought in the back of my mind is one of these times I'm going to go to this little gas station right around the corner from the Marina or the arena. And, and, uh, and she's going to say, where's your ID? And, and I don't have, it, you know, cause I, you know, I'm getting ready for practice and sure as heck one time it, it happens. And she looks at me and she's not going to sell to me. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you got, it? you think I could afford that brand new Tahoe right there? And she's just, she's not giving in. So, I jump in the car and drive down and go to the next gas station and, you know, get him a tin. I get back and he's like, what? You know, and, and coach, you know, people that know coach, maybe, you know, he's, he he gets very intense. He's like, what the heck took you so long? And I'm, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I got ID'd. Which one ID'd you? And I told him, well, <laughs> after practice, he went to that gas station and, and asked her why she ID'd me, you know, and didn't believe that it was Coach McLean's car and Coach McLean. Um, she wanted an autograph and he wouldn't give it to her and he left, you know, but, uh, it was, you know, it, yeah, it was the, the, the roles you have. I always came out with him, you know, before a game, you know, I was kind of like his personal protector and he'd bounce ideas off me right before the end of the, right before the start of the game. And, you know, and I don't think I ever gave him a wrong opinion at least because he never came after me after games, but, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty wild to be, you know, stand there next to a division one head coach. And he's bouncing an idea off you right before the game starts, you know, but, uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, that's great.
2: And I mean, even from from your original with that NIAC, just having the opportunity um, to just trial by fire and start learning right away. I mean, there's no no better recipe for success other than just go out and experience and do it. And obviously every coach that we bring on here talks about, you know, never really being ready when that First time comes, or the head position is offered, but uh, finding a way to get ready and and experience is the best the best medicine for that as well. But uh, so so then, what was so take take me through a little bit of the timeline. So Wyoming, you come back, then and you're the lead assistant at NIAC. How did things progress in your career
1: from there? Well, I came back, and you know I was under Coach Crafts, and I think he was there another five years, um, and then he uh, he got the opportunity to become a the girls head coach at Dmac um you know be a little bit closer to family and um you know it was a little bit better situation I'll be honest with you you know the the thing I really found out in junior college especially you know back then was you know money was such an arms race uh you know we had our recruiting budget compared to a Kirkwood or Dmac was just massive um you know we had two or three full rides we could give out you know they had 10 to 15, you know, so, uh, really, you know, recruiting, it was, it was just that it was a dog fight, you know, and, and we had to sign some $500 kids and hope that they panned out to be $2,500 kids, but guess what? They're making 500, you know, so, um, I hung on there, you know, he left, uh, coach Martin came in, uh, Brian Martin, who's at co now, you know, he comes in as the next head coach and, you know, he, uh, uh, he was awesome. You know, he, he comes in and, you know, we had just signed a great class, um, and, uh, he came and met with me after he took the job, and we actually went to a local restaurant, um, here, and he sat down with me, and he's like, what, what do I need to know about this job, you know, it was his first head coaching job, you know, he's coming from, as an assistant from Indian Hills, and, you know, he's asking me about some of the guys we signed, and, and I'm like, hey, they're good, and, you know, he's kind of thinking, like, I, let me be the judge of good, you know, but, um, you know, we, we talked for about an hour and a half and, you know, he bought me enough beer that finally at the end, he goes, are you going to be my assistant or not? And, and I, you know, I said, yeah, this is, this is the guy I want to work for. Um, but B Mart was awesome. You know, he was, he was great to work for, you know, again, empowered you, um, made you feel like it was part of it. And, you know, we, we had a good first year under him, um, with all those freshmen that we had signed and then his, his, uh, his second year you know really uh you know we had a great year you know 23 wins you know ended up finishing you know i think second or third in the league which for us like i said on our budget was unbelievable um you know just if if you look at what we had compared to what the other guys had and uh you know he stayed one more year and then got the job up in north dakota as an assistant you know and and so it was one of those deals of, you know, it, it, you hate to see two of your, two of your, you know, close friends, mentors leave. Um, And then Mark Mole came and I stayed on for his first year um, just to kind of help transition it. You know, it's hard to say goodbye to those kids that you've recruited and put so much time into. Um, But my family was growing and my wife was like, Hey, you know, you're gone four nights a week recruiting. Um, You got games, the other two nights, you know, we're, we're getting close to, you know, we had two kids by then. And, um you know she pretty much was starting to lay the gauntlet down of hey this is this is something's got to be done here you know and and so actually i uh you know that's when i decided to hang it up from the college aspect um and just uh you know focus try to focus more on on you know just being a dad and, and being a husband yeah absolutely
2: obviously um fathers uh on this side too we we completely understand that and that was going to be my next question is how in the world is are you making this work but um so going back to b mart obviously we've had b mart on here um good guy obviously super well connected throughout the state um so you know any story you have about b mart will take but i also want to know what what uh what restaurant we're, we're all about these restaurants and especially with some libations so where do you remember where do you take you
1: it, we i took him to the op actually here he said where to go in north iowa and i took him to the op you can never go wrong you know can never go like op um i took him here oh that's that's perfect
2: i that's uh yeah can't can't lose with that that's for sure so um well good and you've talked to i mean one of our questions that we had down we always like to know um you know, as far as mentors and kind of who helped you, you've talked a lot about, uh, you know, getting into the um, the business and a lot of the guys that have helped you. Is there anybody that you haven't named yet that maybe uh, really kind of started
1: to deform who you were as a coach? You know, I mean, honestly, those those guys, you know, Coach Craftson, you know, uh, you know, obviously was, was first and foremost. And then, you know, Coach Adams, Coach McLean out of Wyoming. And then, you know, B. Martin really, you know, really were the, the guys that got me to, the point of of believing that hey, you can be the head coach, um, you can be a head coach, and you can do it. Um, and you know that that really the the guys that really solidified me. And I'd say learn the most. Obviously, you pick up stuff from you know high school. You pick up stuff from there. But uh, you know when you get to those levels of basketball, um, you know and learn from from guys like Coach Craftsman that played for you know loot and Dean Smith. And um, you know we're under Johnny Orr and Tim Floyd. You know I mean. Uh, you know, it really solidifies what you're, you know, what you're trying to get to.
2: Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, so then when, when does the coaching bug start to come back around and or um, how do we come about? Um, obviously, I know you have a growing family, athletic and um, active family. And so I'm sure getting that's kind of settled when, when does it all of a sudden this clear like position start to become a thought, and then ultimately become real for you? Well, it was actually, you know,
1: I think I, I did kind of apply, um, I think it was after Coach Craftson left, the, the Clear Lake job actually came open, um, and I threw my name in the hat a little bit, but uh, uh, Coach Ludwig was actually, um, he was the coach up here, and now he's, the, now he's actually AD and a good friend, but, uh, you know, he kind of told me, he goes, Jeremy, and I had known him a little bit, and he goes, Jeremy he goes, the assistant's going to take it. And he's a teacher here on staff. You really don't got a chance, you know? So, but I at least did the interview process. At least it it, it gave me an idea. Um, after coach Martin left, you know, I, I did have some talks, you know, with Nyack um, about being the next head coach if I wanted it. Um, and it was hard for me to say yes, just because watching two of my mentors leave um, and some of the reasons they left for is like, you know, why fight the battles that they had to fight, you know, the low budget and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that really wasn't in my mind. So, you know, I took a year off actually. And then a good friend of mine um, in town here, uh, they had some kids growing up and, uh, and one of them, one of the, there was, there was a couple of parents here in town that came and approached um, me and uh, actually now my present day assistant, you know, about coaching. They had, a, they had some uh, fifth graders coming up, you know, and so we kind of were like, yeah, let's 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 try it, let's do it, you know. So we actually coached. We, I took a year off, coached fifth and sixth grade basketball, and then and then or fourth and fifth, or coached them through fifth and sixth grade travel team. Um, and from there, after the sixth grade year, the, the varsity job opens up. And you know, a couple of the parents were like, you got this is time. And you know, I, I came into my wife and I said, hey you know, I, I think I want to get back into coaching for real. Um, and I said, I think we can make it. I, I take that back. No, I got my timeline on my step. So after I coached fitness sixth grade, I volunteer with the, with clear lake for two years. I actually helped them, um, for two years. And then the next year or uh, took a year off and then the, then the high school job opens up. Um, but coaching that, the, you know, volunteering for the high school for those two years kind of taught me the ins and outs, a little bit of high school. Um, you know, and, and got me to the point of, you know what, I can be a head coach at the high school level, even a three, a basketball. I know enough, you know, I can do that. And so, you know, I took that year off after volunteering for two years, the job comes open you know, I applied and, and got it. Um, and then obviously rest is history. I guess you could say I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, so you gotta be honest
2: though, coaching fifth grade, sixth grade, there's a lot to learn about coaching basketball at that level. Isn't
1: there? It was, you know, it was great because we weren't, uh, me and Tim Meyer, who's actually my assistant now played it, played it. And I played at UNI for Eldon. Um, you know, we did it and, and we had such fun with it. Uh, you know, we really got after them, you know, we had them playing defense shell, um, and, and really got after them and taught them to play the right way. And it was nice not having your kid on there, you know, so you, we just, we coached them like you, like you should, um, the year before they weren't very good. Uh, I think they lost to another team, like 40 to three. So we're like, you know, the, the parents were awesome. Cause they're just like, Hey, you know, we'll get you whatever you want after the tournament. But, uh, You know, you gotta, you gotta get some wins in here. You know, the, the, the ironic part is, is those kids that we coached in fifth and sixth, when we made it to state, you know, two years ago, they were juniors, you know, so, um, they really got really good, you know, from playing. And, and, you know, I think it's because we did, you know, really hold them accountable and, and really, you know, teach them the game the right way. and, And they had a lot of success coming through. I think that's
2: huge, especially at the lower levels. I think, you know, there's an emphasis, it is a game, it's supposed to be fun, but the accountability and the expectations, maybe even more than anything, is, you know, when you have realistic expectations, and a lot of times it's uncomfortable because they're higher than maybe they have expectations on themselves. Like, that's when teams really start to rise up and, you know, coaching really starts to happen. But uh, yeah, having coached at uh, pretty much all levels myself, it's it's always a good idea for no matter what level coach, you're at the highest college level, um, highest high school level, take a step down every once in a while and go go coach some fourth graders, go coach some fifth graders or, you know, jump over and, and grab yourself a, a sixth grade girls team or something. And, and you're going to learn a lot about yeah. your coaching style and what needs to be taught.
1: certainly, you know, you're going to, it's very humbling, you know, it's a thankless position and I have a great relationship with all of our, you know, as a varsity coach, now all of our youth coaches, you know, just because I have done it and I do do it like right now, you know, I'm, I'm helping with, you know, our girls varsity AAU team, um, you know, the local AAU team, my daughter plays for, and I've coached my, my youngest, my fifth graders team, you know, and stuff like that. But it's good to go out and coach all those different levels, um, you bring some stuff back to your varsity team that, you know, you really, you know, makes you look for it in a different light. And, uh, you know, it really does help you, you know, and to get around it, it's nice. You know, I go to some of these and I'm just the assistant, you know, so it's nice to go from being the top guy to all of a sudden just being an assistant, you know, and keeps you, uh, you know, keeps you very humble. (laughs) It does.
2: And you see the game from different levels too. I mean, you see the game from the head chair to the second chair, to a parent to uh, way up at top of the seats. I mean, Every every chance that you can to see the game at a different level will obviously help you as a coach, and it sounds like uh... – you're all about that and taking care of it. And so that, uh, that's great. That's, that's wonderful to hear. And, um, you know, I got to admit obviously playing against uh, Clear Lake growing up, uh, I know that the level of competition and expectations that, you know, the community has and the support that it has, which is, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, Very competitive in, in all sports, um, football, basketball, baseball, golf. I mean, there was always, always a battle with Clear Lake, no matter um, where they were at in the conference. And so speak a little bit to that, um, as far as what you're trying to do to, to continue to build, um, what the future looks like, um, and maybe a little
1: bit of how, how your roster's shaping up for next year. Well, we've been, like I said, we've been fortunate. This is, I just, we just finished, uh, you know, my, uh, seventh year here. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough. We took over the program, you know, they had won the conference the year before that we took it over um but you know my ex when when i was helping as a uh, volunteer assistant you know the the expectations here were just to finish in the top half um you know they had a couple good classes come through they're fortunate enough to win the conference you know we take over my first year and you know it's it's we were we were okay i mean we weren't great but uh we ended up winning the league um you know but really trying to Put into our our culture that we wanted you know Uh, we wanted to get up and down we wanted to uh, you know defend um, at a high level you know really push the pace and you know really change how you know we perceived the game was being played and uh, you know we had a couple down years a little bit after that I'd say you know the next year we're kind of 500 very humbling again you know just you know you come into it you win the league the first year and you're like hey this is gonna be easy well it ain't gonna be easy you know and we didn't have that that culture built in. We didn't have the the program established. You know, when we came in, the first thing we did is say, you know, I was fortunate enough to start with coaches at every single level, 7th all the way through 12th was everybody's brand new. Um, you know, so when we came in, we're, we're like, here's what we're running 7th through 12th. We're running the same stuff, the same out-of-bounds plays, the same um the same kansas fast break you know the same pressure defense you know what we can based on you know the ages um you know and then i met with all the youth coaches you know and i said here's here's what i want you know here's what i expect Here's here's my out of bounds plays i'm not expecting you to run them i'm telling you to run them you know and so you know now we're in year seven you know just completing year seven um you know after that first you know year two years um, you know, now we've won four straight league titles, you know, we've gotten to state twice now, um, you know, two years ago when we went to state, we were 24 and 0 um, at the state tournament and number one, the state. And that was the first time in 40 years that Clear Lake had been to state, you know, it was, it was like a foregone conclusion that it just wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, and after my first couple of years, I didn't know if it was ever going to happen, you know, just because you didn't know, you know, it, it's tough and three, a it's really tough to get there. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, like I said, we're fortunate enough to, you know, we've got guys that every year when they come up now, they know what the expectations are. Now they know what we, what we want to do. Um, you know, it's really easy. They know, you know, what we're doing, you know, as a program all the way through, you know, we really, my first couple of years, you know, coming from college, man, we're going to press, we're going to go all over them. And we did. Um, the problem is we lost right away in the, in the playoffs, you know, just, you know, we didn't value the possession like you should, um, or the, you know, each one. And, you know, we've, we've kind of changed our mindset and gone, you know, really focused on our half court defense after those first three years and got so much better at that. Um, we still run, we still, you know, top 10 in the state in scoring, you know, but now we're top 10 in the state and, in defense, you know, so, um, that's when you start getting really good, but, you know, looking forward, you know, we've, we've, the last four years, we've had a kid on all state and all state team, which was never done here. Um, you know, and, and now we've got players, we've developed players through each year to now it's, you know, we're starting to replace all state players with another one, you know? So uh, you know, we, the future looks bright, you know, like I said, we've got to replace a couple, you know, a couple guys going into next year, but you know, the guys coming back, we feel really good about and, you know, the guys underneath them, we feel really good about, you know, we, we play some younger guys if they're good enough, but, you know, we're not relying on, you know, the next class, you know, so it, it's, it's, you know, we're starting to see some fruits from our bearings from the year, early years
2: yeah absolutely and well and it i don't think it's any coincidence draw a lot of par- uh, parallels to nate staggy and what he's done at waverly shell rock um starting with the the youth program and starting at lower levels and just being consistent and setting those expectations i mean it's all it's all very much the same and then starting to become a main staple down the state tournament which uh as you mentioned you guys are, are definitely on that on that path as well and maybe no coincidence that you got the black and gold colorways are the same too. So there might be, might be something, if any schools out there shopping for some new colors, maybe go, go that way. But (laughs) um, um, no, that's great coach. And you know, to that point, um, I mean, you pretty much said it, but those youth programs, um, how important are those for your program as a whole? Um, and then, just from the consistency level, I, I like the idea that you you know they're running the same stuff and have the same principles uh, that you want to see. Obviously, every game and every team kind of calls for some variations, and you know you'll you'll adjust to those once they you get those kids at your level. But uh, as long as we kind of have some of the same same
1: vision in mind,
2: how big is that for your continued success as a program?
1: Well, it, it's huge. You know, when I took over. Uh, you know, honestly, middle school and even ninth grade were running different offenses and stuff than, than the varsity was. And it was just, it it was something that we had to get fixed right away. You know, obviously in Clear Lake football's, you know, football's always been huge here. You know, they've been unbelievably successful and, you know, uh, they've always had the same consistency all the way down. So obviously that was a quick model that I could look at and be like, Hey, this is what we've got to do. But, you know, obviously the, the school led teams that, that I can, you know, have my hands on every day. It was really, it was really key to get into that um, and, and do that. Um, and then obviously with the youth teams, you know, youth, youth basketball and the travel teams can get sideways pretty quick. You know, um, you know, it was nice that when I was down and did fifth and sixth grade, you know, it was nice to see that. Um, and so I had experience doing that so I could tell them, say, Hey, I've been there. I know what you can run and what you can't run. Um, and, you know, and you guys can run this, but, you know, youth, youth sometimes can be a, you know, what I, I, I say sometimes and I, and I say it in jest, but, you know, travel teams and stuff can be a necess- what I call them as a necessary evil. You need them, but things can get sideways. Like I said, um, you know, you can get some, some people in there that, that have an agenda, want to do their agenda, um, you know, and, and you know, sometimes kids get left out, you know, sometimes teams are picked just based on friends, you know, and stuff like that. A uh, couple of things that we've, that we've implemented, you know, since I've been the head coach, is we've got a winter basketball program on top of their travel teams, you know, our hoop squad league, which has grown to about 96 kids first through sixth. Um, and what we do is, is my varsity guys and, and uh, you know, JV guys, what we do is we have a, you know, a workout. We work all these kids out, and, and my kids are sitting there evaluating them, and then we get done with that, and we go in and draft, and, and we draft these kids. You know, there's first and second grade division, third and fourth, and then fifth and sixth, and based on where you want to coach or whatever, but um, our kids draft those, and I make our youth coaches, you know, our our, our travel team coaches, your kid, ha- your kids have to be 100% participation, Um so they, they're doing it on top of their weekend schedules and stuff, but you know, there's a chance for us then to see a kid that, you know, A, maybe not on a travel team. And if he's pretty good, guess what? He's getting told he's going to be on a travel team. Uh, but the other thing is, is what we see is maybe a kid that on that travel team, you know, he's a C or a D option. You know, he's not very, he's not one of the top options. Um, but now all of a sudden you you draft a team and, and now he's an A or a B option on, on this, on our hoop squad league and confidence grows. They grow as a player. They grow as a deal, but you know, um, that's been really good. You know, the other thing we do is, is during the summer, you know, kind of going back to, you know, back in the day, but we do a three on three league outside, um, outside on some courts. Now I got to figure something else out because we built this big brand new stadium, football stadium, and they got part of it as the parking lot took over my, my outdoor courts, but, uh, uh, you know, but it's awesome getting the kids out there on asphalt. There's wind, and you know what, you, gotta, you might want to worry about getting to the rack more than just shooting jumpers and threes. But, uh, you know, that's been good. We do that down to about fifth, sixth grade, up through high school. You know, three-on-three, three, um, really teach them how to play, do some tournaments, you know, but uh, do a season with that during the summer. And, you know, both those things have really helped, you know, get more kids involved as well as, you know, let us get our hands on more kids, you know, and see them um, and, and really evaluate and see what's coming up
0: just bringing uh bring me back to my Gus Macker days coach uh, that's right reminiscing about three on three out outdoors man fun times fun times um well hey uh great stories here coach we we um like to end our episodes with a little section called rapid fire where Brian's gonna hit you with a couple questions some about basketball some not and you just tell us what you think
1: perfect
2: all right shoot away
0: all right first first one we always lead with uh favorite
2: visiting gym or arena that you've coached in
1: oh you know one of the funnest arenas now that we go to um and you would you would have experience there is down the fish tank it's not quite as wild as it used to be back in the day but down at st ed's i you know my first year we're leading the conference by two games we're rolling and we go down there and just get steamrolled and they're on us. The crowd's on us. There's 70 year old people yelling at me and we're getting just blasted in the first half. And I'm looking at, and my assistant is uh, coach Oyman. He's actually the golf pro in town here. Um, and was a heck of a player, you know, here. And, uh, he just looks at me. I'm like, I'm like, Mike, this is nothing. We have not played like this all year. What is going on? And he just looks at me and he goes, Jeremy, it's the gym. It's the gym. Many teams have come down here that have been really good and just and just fallen flat on their face. And I tell you what, after my halftime performance in front of our team, I don't know how our bus made it home that night and didn't have a breakdown because, you know, I said some things that I can't believe that I was that were shed in good light. But, uh, you know, it's become one of my favorite places to play because we won there the last four years. But, uh, you know, what a what an experience. Small, you know, just a, just a good old school field gym.
2: It is. It's and it's definitely a little bit, like you said, it's a little bit of a dark hole where people go. Good teams go to die because it's uh, it's different. Uh, it's different than the the bright, shiny that you might have uh, throughout the rest of the league. So, that's a good one. I like that. Um, okay, so helping helping us and our listeners out here a little bit. Uh, going to your other uh, actual profession, what's one question that uh, you got to ask when shopping shopping for a new boat?
1: I would say how much money is it, but right now we're we're kind of in a boat shortage, you know. Um, you know the biggest deal you want to do is you want to be taken care of by your dealer, but uh, you know so clear like boats is obviously a number one. But uh, you know we're kind of right now if you're shopping for a boat, you're probably too late for the summer. I'll tell you that right now because uh, we're we're sold everybody around the nation sold out of everything i
2: was gonna say i think just getting anything right now no matter what the manufacturer is is about impossible and so i completely understand that my question probably would if i came in and asked you i would say does it go fast would probably be my first question so
1: but or pull uh, a tube
2: there you go yeah that too um, but uh all right so what's your uh, favorite sports movie big sports guy growing up played them all so do you have a favorite
1: sports movie You know, uh, I still go back to the program. You know, football movie. That was that was uh, that was pretty sweet. You know, um, I remember when that came out. That was like this is big time. You know, that, so uh, that's that's still one of my favorites.
2: That's great. Yeah, a lot of quotes that we used uh, throughout my football career uh, from that movie too. So but above
1: that... above the rim is probably number two. Above I... the rim is probably number two
2: i'm right there too i', the I sp- forgotten about one spread spread your finger snap your wrist i still use that every <laughs> once in a while so um that's great well uh
1: favorite golf course uh probably uh down in uh we go once a year down with uh down for jay DeVries' um golf outing in uh Polk city at, Oh,
0: TCI. Uh,
1: TCI. yeah it's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, I lose a lot of golf balls there, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorites that we golf at each year. Yeah. That's a, it
2: is a good track. It's a, it's a tough track. You get out there with any wind and uh, yeah, you can, you can definitely lose a lot of balls, but uh, I, I didn't know, I haven't played, but I've heard good things about Rice Lake um, up uh, in Lake Mill. So I didn't know if that was going to make the board or not.
1: That, that should, I mean, that should, that's my home course back in the day, but. Uh, no, it's that's that's a fun course as well. Very very well maintained, um, but uh, it's hard to beat TCI.
2: Yeah, I, Rice Lakes a little bit of that uh, diamond in the rough as well. I've mm-hmm. been referred to, so that's great. Um, you have any have any good lose lose lounge stories that you could share with the podcast, or did you not frequent lose? <laughs> I
1: didn't. I don't have a lot of great stories, you know. But uh, my, uh, you know, the 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 old owner of it um uh t-bird uh was a uh you know a very good family friend my wife actually worked there um worked for um for t-bird uh so you know i i don't have any great stories that you know i only did a couple of those teen nights not not (laughs) i wasn't wasn't driving down for that but uh you know um it it certainly is a sacred place in my household here just because of uh our relationship with t-bird you know um he was uh, he was actually in my wedding, so uh, um, he was uh, he was a big part of my family until he passed away last year.
2: Oh man, that uh, old Lou's Lounge. I I think we only made a trip over once or twice too, but I know some people from Algona would would frequent Lou's for that for those teen nights. But we had the jukebox in Algona, so we didn't always have to go anywhere. But uh, that's a good spot.
1: Yeah, but. for sure. Um favorite favorite basketball shoe? Uh Retro 11s. Mm, love it.
2: That's uh That's easy. That's easy. That's a home run right yeah. there too. Can't go wrong with those.
1: I actually pulled them out this year and coached them. With COVID, you know, we dressed down a little bit this year. um I showed up in those at the gym and I think my team and especially my daughter, you know, she looked at me like what are you doing? But uh statement shoe. You know, I I kind of like the one good thing I will say about COVID was, uh, you know, not, not being in a suit and tie every night, you know? So, uh, it was kind of nice to be dressed down like these college guys are and, um, you know, kind of went casual some nights. Yeah. I was going to
2: say, I think everyone is sharing that sentiment, uh, after talking with a bunch of guys, but so white, so the white black Concord 11s are those the ones that you had on? Uh, black and red. Okay. Nice. The, The breads. I like it. So, um so when adam and i get a chance to come to clear lake to catch a game uh where do we got to go grab a bite to eat i know we talked a little bit about op is this going to change but where do we got to
1: grab a bite to eat before the game you got to go to the op that's that's still number one to go to you you want food and food and something to drink that's still the place to go to they they've added on it's it's huge and you know it still is uh it's still the place before and after a game yeah that's a that's a good spot
2: there right along the highway um speaking of right along the highway ever ever happen to either been in or know anybody or anything what's the deal with that pyramid house that's got going on over there in clear lake it's
1: still a rental It, it looks terrible every time you drive by it but uh you know it's still a rental it's like seven bedrooms or something but uh every time i think they've tried to sell it's it's probably the only house in clear lake that they can't sell so um they keep it as a rental but uh I've never been in it. Um, I, I've never been in it. That's, it's
2: interesting. It definitely, yeah, it, it doesn't look to be near what it was back in its heyday as far as maintenance, but I imagine that's a maintenance nightmare. So, But uh, still a staple of, of Clear Lake. If, you, if you've driven by it at all, you've probably seen it. So, well, Coach, last one we'll get you out of here on. Um, we like to end with, what, uh, what is your favorite thing or the best thing about being the head coach at Clear Lake High School?
1: Well, just the, you know, just the scene from when I started uh, to where it's at now, um, just the support from the community, um, the school and everything, you know, um, behind us. You know, when I started here, obviously, you know, it's always been a good football town. You know, football's always been very successful. Um, You know, like I said, basketball, we always had that drought, you know, hanging over our head. It was kind of like the Cubs curse, you know, like when are they ever going to get back to state? There's a lot of good teams that um, you know fell short uh, and you know we've we've kind of broken through that obviously now we've gone two and three you know two state tournaments in three years um, but uh, you know it, it's it's nice that uh, you know the, the the support we've gotten is amazing you know this year was hard to tell obviously you know last year we were getting fans that were just nuts um, our crowds are full on our side and we've got a good sized gym you know our, our crowds are full on our side and halfway on the, on the opposing side team site and really made it a heck of a um you know a, a place to play you know we won 49 straight home games you know algona unfortunately broke it for us but uh you know but uh you know we uh the support was amazing then this year obviously hits and you can't have any fans And but people are texting me like crazy can you get us in can you get us in can you get us in and you know streaming was working but uh you know seeing the real thing in, in person was great and then you know once they lifted the restrictions you know we started getting more and more fans And um, but it's just great now you, you know everywhere you go there you know people are asking you know how's, how's your team going to be you know and that really never was the case and so uh, you know like I said the support's been amazing and that's just the best part you know knowing that you know you've done something and you know your staff has done something that's created something that the city's really proud of you know and we made it to state this year and, you know, we had a great crowd, you know, unfortunately we didn't win, but, you know, had an unbelievable crowd and unbelievable following. And this was the first year that girls and boys made it both in the same year. You know, so we really hammered the highway to Des Moines, you know, for two weeks straight, you know, but uh, that's, that's the best part, you know, is just, just being in charge of something that, uh, you know, that everybody's proud of and can be proud of and look for as, you know, something to look forward to.
2: That's great, Coach. We, we greatly appreciate you taking some time, sharing some insight. Um, love some of your stories uh, and little nuggets, too. You guys obviously have a great thing going uh, up there in Clear Lake. We wish you the best of luck. Obviously, we're fans and we'll continue to follow along with uh, your journey. And obviously, anything we can do to continue to, to help,
0: we'll, we'll be here for you.
1: Perfect. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Coach. As Brian said, we appreciate your time and our listeners, we appreciate you as well. If you like what you hear, we'd uh, love it if you gave us a five star rating wherever you catch your podcast. You can catch us on social media, search Shooters Touch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Shooters Touch IA, and our new website, Shooters Touch As usual, shooters shoot. Or shoot. Had a bounce back,
2: wasn't in my mind Hustling harder than ever before Saying I change cause I like when I shine The
0: diamonds get different like Mike in his prime I got the shooter's touch yeah. Can't know ball like me